Okay, and we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the RC3 podcast. I am your host, Raleigh Castillo, and thank you for uh, for tuning in. Um, as some of y'all may have heard, there was a special election last night over in Congressional District 34. San Benito native Republican Myra Flores blasted through Harlingen native Democrat Dan Sanchez 14,780 votes to 12,560. That's 51% to about 43%. Myra Flores became the first Mexican-born candidate to win a seat in Congress. She's also flipped the traditionally Democratic congressional seat over to Republican, which has been safely Democrat for over a decade. Former holder of the congressional seat, Democrat Filamon Vela, resigned in March, leaving the seat vacated and open for the special election that took place yesterday. Myra says, quote, for over 100 years, we have been taken for granted. Um, I will show you what real representation looks like. I will represent all people. On Dan's part, he says, quote, based on the results, we came up short tonight, despite being outspent by millions of dollars from out-of-state interest and the entire Republican machine. Too many factors were against us, including little to no support from the National Democrat Party and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. In studio with me here to discuss is Johnny Hernandez and Mario Gutierrez, two political analysts that I'm excited to speak to. What's happening, guys? Hi there. Hi, Robbie. How are you? Excited to I'm be doing, here. I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to have you guys. Um, do you see y'all? So when y'all heard the news yesterday that that Myra had won, what what was the first thing that that uh, that came to mind when you when you saw kind of how big she won by Johnny? Well, look, I think that um, I think that Republicans could see this a mile coming, and uh, you know many of us are happy for her. We think that uh, she worked really hard. And that the uh, Republican, the National Republicans, they really did do their part in this particular election. So it didn't really surprise me all that much. I know that I know that the numbers seem very skewed, like um, uh, like she won by a landslide. But it, it, I, I don't see it that way. Um, there was another Democrat and another Republican in in the race. So if you add the numbers together, it's a little bit closer. Not, not that you know. Not that it made a difference, but uh, the numbers are closer when you add the Democrats and Republicans together. Mm, interesting, Myra. Um, it wasn't a surprise. Um, I did expect her to win. This was um, it was a special election. The Republicans poured in millions of dollars, I believe, or hundreds of thousands. It was a lot of money that they poured into it for being a special election. The Democrats kind of stood back and waited for it to happen. Um, I don't think they supported Dan Sanchez the way they do other Democrats. I don't know if it was because it was pro-life or because they're just waiting till November and waited for her to outspend that way, you know, supposedly they run out of money. But um, it wasn't unexpected. It was something that that I expected to happen. I, I did see her winning. So you you anticipated her her uh, beating out Dan Sanchez? Yes, I did. Well, what do y'all feel? I mean, I I really didn't even know, and I'm that's because I'm in that's I'm I'm in the political scene. Like I didn't even really know who Dan Sanchez was up was up until about a month ago. And it's it's 
Myra, you touched on something that, that was interesting is that the DNC really didn't invest in this race. Uh, I think uh, the numbers that I had last seen was Myra outspent Dan, what, 20 to 1? For being a Democrat that's not very well known of, Don Sanchez, like you said, I mean, I had heard that people, that he was well-liked, but he wasn't somebody that's been in the political world as much as Myra has, because Myra has a very active social media. She outspended him way too much for being, I don't want to call Dan a nobody, but a, somebody that is new into the political you know, world. I mean, for somebody that just came in that was too much money to put into the special election so it took that much money to beat you know don sanchez yeah i i'm gonna agree with myra completely on this one um so if you look at the numbers just the numbers alone i know that there's many reports saying that there's three million dollars that was dumped into this race i think that was in total since the beginning of myra's campaign which uh, she started a lot earlier than Dan because Dan Dan came in just for the special ele election here. Um, so between the time that the special election actually started and and the special election, I mean the special the campaigning for the special election and the special election, right? A million dollars was spent on um, behalf of Myra and only a hundred thousand. So that's that's ten to one ratio mm -hmm. there. So look, if you can't win with a ten to one ratio, then the Republicans just don't have any hope. So with that kind of uh, difference in spending, you know, it, to me, it was going to be a clear win. And it's not only that, she, she had boots on the ground like crazy. And I, I don't think that the, the Democrats did that at all. That's one of the things that I was going to say, Johnny. She's been uh, campaigning for a while. So her name has been on people's mind for whenever she decided to run for the regular general election in November. So she has been out there in front of people. On top of that, add millions into her campaign. It was it was a no brainer. She was gonna win. Don Sanchez came in, you know, newcomer, very little money, did not have the support of the Democrat Party because even very, on sweet and very very it. very uncharismatic the guy was too. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the two, uh, it just you just put them side to side. Uh, you you know you exactly. you're gonna right. you're gonna go towards Myra because she just seems more charismatic and. You know, approachable. I, I don't know, Dan. I'm sure he's a fantastic man. Um, you know, anybody I anybody that runs for an office, I really give him, you know, a lot of a lot of credit. So um, it, I'm I'm just surprised that uh, the Democrats just kind of, you know, they didn't do anything. So laid, laid over and died on this one. But yeah, I mean, they just rolled over. Word out of the word out of the DNC was that word out of the DNC was that that they're willing that they're waiting to uh, to the they're holding their ammo till November. Yeah, but this is this is this goes beyond holding your ammo. I mean, this this is literally a symbol for for the entire Republican Party and the whole United States. This is not just yeah, it's a special election, but it's not just that. It's symbolic. You're taking over a district that's been uh, blue for 150 years. They they saw it, they acted on it, and they want it. And Myra was the perfect candidate to go out there and do it. She, um, you know, she had like, like Myra here is saying she had the perfect social media uh, platform mm -hmm. to, to begin a campaign. Uh, they, they, they saw that she was going to go out there and work and she did. And they had many other groups backing her up. I mean, you had a, a lot of just uh, non-political groups coming out and block walking for her. So 
it, it was a team effort for sure. But the, the Republicans definitely outspent the Democrats. The Democrats did not even put up a fight. Yes, yeah. but you go back into we, I mean, the Republican Party outspended the Democrats in a special election, but did not win by a big margin. No. An unknown candidate that just started. That right. says a lot too. And let's not forget that in November, the redistricting is going to take into effect. This was, yep. you know, the and redistricting. That's, and that's going to favor the Democrats even more. Right. And the, the redistricting is going to favor the Democrats even more. And so in November, you got you got a known quantity in, in Vicente Gonzalez and uh, and you got Myra, who's now been, you know, her national star has been been uh, elevated. And so how, how do you see how do you see November going? Um, because I really don't see the Democratic Party energized, I mean, not even a little bit, to be honest with you. Um and I see the Republicans very energized. Um, so, uh, how, I mean, take out your crystal balls and, and let's go forward to November. How, how do you see that playing out? What do you think, Myron? Well, it's going to be it's going to be a hard one because, like you say, her star has been elevated. So the, the Republicans are very energized right now. We have a, a president that has an all-time low approval rating. Um, he is, I think he's been described as the worst president in modern history. So yeah. that gives, you know, fuel to the people to get somebody from a different party, to get a Republican in office, to try to change all the things that this administration is doing. So that is gonna is gonna elevate her into into you know, having a chance into beating somebody that's well-known, like you say, Vicente Gonzalez. But the area that is good, that has become redistricted has just become bluer. So are the Democrats going to come back with a vengeance because, you know, we took their seat or the Republicans took their seat and say, you know, you took it for that amount of time, we're going to take it back. So I believe that they are going to, they are angry. They are upset that the DNC didn't act upon it that local parties, local Democrats are going to become more active in trying to take that seat back. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, uh, Myra. But there's a lot to that question. I mean, you, if you just look at the numbers alone, uh, the redistricting is heavily favored for the, the Democrats in this district. And I know because I was, I was trying to... Uh, indirectly part of that uh, whenever I was helping Monica redistrict. And so right now, the way it looks, if you just took the numbers, if you look at the numbers, you took the, take the percentages of the special election, you knock out all those small counties where uh, Myra Flores won by a landslide, you take those counties out because that's how the redistricting is gonna be. And you just take the Cameron County and you take Hidalgo County the Democrats win. You take those percentages, the Democrats win. Now, people are saying Myra flipped Cameron County. Yes, she got more votes than Dan Sanchez. But again, if you look at the Democrat votes, you add both of the Democrats mm -hmm. and you add the both of the Republicans, Cameron County still blue. You go no. to the Hildago numbers, the Hildago is 10% higher for the Democrats. So if those are the two counties that this District 34 is just going to concentrate on. Then the numbers alone don't, they don't show that Myra can beat him. 
And if, they, and if they spent 10 to 1, they're going to have to continue to spend 10 to 1 to just get to that, that those numbers again. And let's right. right My now, concern is, just real quick, my, my, my concern is that this is, I mean, you, you're pitting an energized Republican Party against a dead Democrat Party in, the, in this particular race. In, in November, it's going to be different. Everybody's coming out to vote. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think her chances are very good for, for November. But do, for purposes of full disclosure, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Myra. We both graduated in 2004 from, from San Diego High School. So um, I, I, I know her as a person. You're so young, 2004. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I know her as a person. She's, she's, a, she's a fantastic person, sweet person. Uh, Joe Guerrero here, and I want to take a moment to – to uh you know shout out to the to the viewers um raquel gonzalez uh thinks there's gonna be a red wave happening in november i think most people agree with you <laughs> um, well you know I, i'm gonna i want to say something to that yes we we've we've won a um, a district here the district was the old district it's going to be a new district okay um really the truly there is a trend for Republicans in Cameron and Hidalgo County, but the numbers still aren't there. Okay. The red wave really is trickling down from the Northern counties down to our counties. So the way these districts are set up, the Northern counties are the counties that are flipping the blue counties. The blue counties are still blue. I don't see a red wave in Hidalgo County. There's not going to be one Republican win in a in a in a county seat i just don't see the republicans are getting saved by the the upper the northern counties um unfortunately there's a lot of work to be done in Hidalgo county and cameron county to turn it more conservative hey nadia he's doing good he's upstairs my little schnauzer (laughs) (laughs) Corey lopez says loving this discussion joe 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 get ask a very very important question Dan Sanchez came in last minute. It was difficult for him to win. Good guy, given time he may have won. Myra fought for the position. She earned it. Do you believe she is qualified? Now, <laughs> this is the very, very, very important. Now, now we're getting to the to the meat, to the meat of oh, the yeah. uh, like I like I mentioned before, I think Myra is a fantastic person. And she, like Joe says, she earned the position. Um, she worked hard for it, she put herself in front of the camera. Um, and uh, she busted her ass. I, I know that firsthand. And you know, congratulations to Myra. I th- but as far as qualification goes, I believe she is severely underqualified. Oh, the, I, uh, I agree. I agree, for, Raleigh. Um, I I know Myra too. We started uh, volunteering at the GOP around the same time, about three years ago. Of course, she had a better title than me. I was just a grunt uh, answering phones and going and doing things. But um, so. When you look at all of our candidates in the Republican Party, they're very deficient. I mean, right. it, it's it's not even funny, really. If if you look at um, our candidates, none of them come with a, a legal background, knowing how to even make a law. Um, basically, they just have the heart and soul of what the Republican Party is about. They're gonna they're gonna uh, they're gonna talk the talk, but if you just look at qualifications alone, uh, I believe Dan Sanchez, I think he was a lawyer and, um, you know, I'm sure he had other titles as well. So you, you, 
you kind of put that up to, um, and and I know that Myra, she's a fantastic person, like you said, right. but it, does she really have any legal backing or background or any kind of uh, policy-making positions in her previous positions? And the answer is, I think, no. And so uh, that's really something that the that is really a tough thing for the Republicans, a hurdle that, that they need to get over. Vicente Gonzalez is barely highly qualified, right? He's been a congressman for, uh, I think, three going on his fourth term. So he knows the ins and outs. He's able to get money to the Valley. He's able to to perform the the duties that he needs to do. Mind you, he's voting for policies that we don't care for. But whenever it comes down, when it boils down to who can provide the the necessary uh, funding and, and things like that, he already has his inroads. So... Uh, you know, why would you not want a, a congressman that can be able to bring funding down to your your local uh, cities and, and, and that sort of thing? So, um, yes, I, I love Myra. I think Myra is it's got a big heart and soul. Um, mm-hmm. But the qualifications is it, it is an issue. And the, and the reason why it I mean, at least I speak for myself. The reason why it's an issue is because if if you're getting your your talking points from from Washington, Right, that's uh, all it is. Right, because you you're not well versed enough in policy to know what you believe, or to know right. what, or to you know have an independent streak about you because you know the issues. Well, then you're just another vote for the establishment, mm-hmm. and you know you can run as an anti-establishment candidate all you want, but when the money funding your campaign is coming from the establishment, well, that money is coming with strings attached. Yeah. Well, no, that, that, that's true. I mean, all the candidates in all the Republican candidates, they've already all been um, bought out by the establishment. All of them. Right. And, you know, and the, one of the things that I've that I've seen since Trump took office is that th- there's this you know new wave of candidates that kind of kind of came in on on Trump's coattails. Right. That that try to sound very Trumpian and talk the America first and they're the same language, but then they sound very populist, but deep down inside, they're just the same old establishment, establishment candidates, but they know that the grift works. They know that the talking points work. They know. And I saw that. And I saw that with Monica, uh, Monica uh, de la Cruz. And, and I saw that with Myra, you know, and to me, it's it's disappointing. I, I, in, a, in a candidate, I require more than just guns, babies, Jesus. You know, more faith <laughs> and family. Like that's, I mean, yeah, that's the George W. Bush, you know, line. You know, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's as Republican as as uh, right now. I, I haven't heard any any of any of our candidates in the RGB. I have not heard not one of them talk about how. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And it's exactly, just right. not there. They just don't have it. They're they're parroting what the establishment is telling them. How are you going to get the money? How are you going to get the funding? So right now, they're saying whatever they can to get that money into their bank, into you know, for the I'm I'm sure campaigning is very very expensive. I mean, I did it locally and it was <laughs> it was expensive. I could just imagine how it is for Congress. Nationally. But, right. But it it has to be more than that. There has to be a how. You need to know the office that you're running for. Um, after my campaign, somebody called me and told me, well, maybe the next time you should run for county judge. I was like, 
I'm not even, I'm not qualified to run for county judge. I go, I want to run for a local office to learn what to do and how to do it. And, you know, I know how to, you know, what the city has, what it, what it needs from me. Right. But you don't run for an office just to fill the space. And that is what the what I see the local Republican Party do. They're filling spots with unqualified people just right. to have the name. Because the more candidates they put out, the more funding they get, the more money they get into their bank. So and they're and, not and they're getting, getting, and they're getting the backing from the establishment just as a sure thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, Who's who among these candidates down here is going to challenge uh, Kevin McCarthy? Who who, who among uh, these candidates down here is going to is going to challenge the uh, the uh, what would you would call the uh, the establishment Republican Party? It's just, it's not going to happen. No, definitely not. There's not one of them. Not from the three districts that are here in the RGB. Uh, not one of the candidates. Uh, you know, Cassie worked for Ted Cruz. Monica has been endorsed by all the establishment candidates or uh, people that are already in office. Uh, Myra is the same way. As a matter of fact, I I I, I recognize uh, in her speech the other day that she has the same political advisor now that Monica does, and that's how she and that's how Monica got all her uh, endorsements. So that you know they're just sharing candidates now amongst the the established mm-hmm. um, uh, consultants there in Washington. So you know it's it's a really um, I, I don't like to see it because uh, the grassroots has kind of been thrown to the side and, and now everybody is just, uh, all the candidates are just focused on uh, the establishment, mm-hmm. you know, po- uh, political establishment that's going to fund them. So, and, and you know what, some people might say, well, that's smart to do, but you lose your voice. You lose the voice of, of your district when that happens. You lose the voice of your people because you're no longer representing the people. You're representing the establishment because by getting this established, you know, this endorsement, this money, you now have to vote in that favor. The same thing when you get money from big donors like Alonso Cantu, you can't say no to whatever's going to work on his favor. You have to vote on what he says because he put a, a price on you already. He already, right. you know, he already donated to you. Just as as political strategy, I'm curious to see what you guys think. How how well do you think that 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 strategy, that slogan, fares here in South Texas? The uh, family, country, and God message. It's faith, family, and freedom, right? Right. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a great slogan, actually. I, and you know, those are things that I, I do agree with. You know. Uh, but you got to talk, you got not only talk to talk, you got to walk the walk, you know, and there's some candidates that just don't do it. So, um, and the thing is, is that um, I, I really truly do believe in, you know, deep down in my heart, I believe that a lot of these Catholics are Republicans. They just don't know it. And, um, and I think that there will be, you know, people waking up and saying, oh, we are conservative. Uh, we probably should be voting a Republican because that's the only conservative party there is. And so it's just, it's a good slogan. I I just, you know, I hope, and I think Myra's so far, she's been the the best candidate to to be that persona for that, that slogan. So uh, I do hope that she continues with it. It, There has to be more than the slogan 
Because when you're talking about freedom, you're talking about our constitutional rights and you're talking about the people that you're gonna represent. When you become a Congresswoman or a Congressperson or whatever, I I help Congress candidates from, I, I don't help anybody here in the area, but I, I talk to people outside of Texas because they're not only gonna affect their area like Laura Loomer in Florida, she's always gonna, she's still gonna represent me. So if you can't represent those political prisoners that are there that have been stuck in, in that prison, you know, without the due process, how can you represent freedom when you're not doing it? You're not invocating it. You don't even want to talk about the, the subject of J6. So to me, it's like I you lost me when you are not even willing to talk about the freedom of people that are being held. Well, I mean, as as There's more to it. As a political strategy, and you and I have talked about this before, and this is one of our biggest disagreements. I, I think the the framing of that the real assault happening on January 6th was that the people who infiltrated the Capitol are the victims, and it's not what they did that you're concerned about. I think that's a huge disservice. To, I mean, to just I mean to the Constitution. When you want to talk about the Constitution. I think I mean, just the framing alone, you 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 lose me with the framing on that. But there's due process. I mean, those those people, my my friends, they're being held. A lot of them have been there since 2020. One of them uh, was denied his cancer treatment for eight months. That that goes beyond, you know, the, the humanitarian issue. He, you know, there's people that are getting transgender surgeries as prisoners and he couldn't get his cancer treatment until a federal judge came in and said, you know what, you need to release him so he can get his treatment, which is now he's an, and he's, he's a, he's been very, very bad condition because uh, they, he was being denied the treatment that he needed. So this is not the way we're supposed to, you know, hold somebody that does something, you know, that is illegal or whatever, but this has gone beyond what it was. They've taken this, they're trying to make an example of this political prisoners. They have now become political prisoners. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree with, um, with Myra on this particular part of it is that you're, you're supposed to have due process in this country. And, and uh, regardless of what they've done, everybody, you know, may have done something in their life that they've, you know, gotten a ticket for or gotten whatever. You have to have due process. It, it, yes, maybe that, you know, in your eyes, them storming the Capitol is wrong, and, and it is in, in a lot of people's eyes. But well, I mean, I, at well, least I mean, I, I process I think, them. Right. We don't, we don't disagree on the fact that, that they do deserve due process. Well, what I'm trying to wrap my well, – I guess what I'm trying to wrap my mind around is the, the, the framing here that, that, that the real tragedy, like I mentioned earlier, the real tragedy to come out of January 6th is these, is these poor guys who are sitting in jail. Um, I mean, we've, we've known that we've had a, that we've had a, a, uh, a problem with, with our, with our prison system for a very, very long time. Uh, this is hardly the first time anything like this happens, you know? And uh, again, there's out of all of the things that happened on January 6th for this to be the concern is it seems to me, it seems to me very, very disingenuous and, and a talking point. I mean, to be honest, uh, I mean, when we talk about January 6th, there's a whole lot of things that come to mind 
that are that are more important than you know the the proud boys being being in prison and uh, some, some totally. and, and some advice for for anybody else who's planning a coup next time uh maybe you shouldn't carry a a, a camera crew around this <laughs> that's probably one of the dumbest things that that uh that that you can do but it wasn't only proud boys there was a lot of people from different different aspects different you know just i i could have been one of them right yes. and and since i mean and since we're on this topic one of the the, the things that turned me off about about Myra Flores when when we when she came in here and we talked is this you know, holding on to the the fact that that she just can't wrap her mind around the fact that Donald Trump lost the election right or that that the that the election was stolen and that and when I asked her who's president she had a hard time even telling me that 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 Biden was was president now that to me when when we're talking about going to Congress, that to me is a disqualifier right away, because if you can't even take into account evidence that's right before you and you're taking it on faith because your favorite leader is telling you that the election was stolen based on nothing, then what confidence you don't you don't give me any confidence that that you're operating on all cylinders, so to speak, when you're when you're going to pass legislation or when you're, you know, just discussing policy or any of those things well i mean to me the election was stolen there was a lot of things that happened on in 2020 in the election that but there was a lot of things that happened in 2016 too like like when we're talking about the the mass kind of voter fraud that has to happen to overturn an election it just wasn't there myra it just wasn't I, well, I well there's a lot of there's a lot of people that say there was i mean uh look i Honestly, I have I, I can't really give you my opinion on this quite yet because I, I did watch the 2000 Mules and I and I do think that there was a, a lot of of uh, questionable actions and they do that stuff down here as well. They had um, all these people doing it across the country where they were doing these mail-in ballots. You know, they were did, did you ballot see, harvesting? You see? They're ballot harvesting. So so there is some validity to people talking about. Hey, this election was stolen. Now, uh, it's been two years, people. Let's get on with it. We, we, there's no way. There's no um, way of us undoing this anymore. So you know what? It's a losing subject now for the Republicans to continue to act like this. And well, I and it, I hate it, to it, say it because I, I'm one of them to say, hey, there's a there was a lot there was a lot of fraud in my opinion. And right, so there, it's a losing subject because because the evidence isn't on your side. That's why it's well, a losing subject. Have because, you watched the 2000 Mules? I yes, mean, I have. If it's yes. happening in that area, it was happening down here, it was happening everywhere around right. the, I, the country. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned 2000 Mules because even, even the Attorney General, Bill Barr, was asked about 2000 Mules. And he reacted to that question like any reasonable person should react. He laughed at it. And then he went line by line discussing exactly the, the claims that were made by Dinesh D'Souza. And then he just batted them out of. He just debunked each one. Now this is this isn't some liberal on CNN. This is the attorney general under Donald Trump that Trump himself chose. We're talking about Bill Barr, who up until the end was with Trump all the way until, and he, he's the only one, one of the only ones that had the fucking balls to stand in front of Trump and tell him everything that you are saying, sir, is bullshit. 
You know, I, you have you have so many lawyers in your midst telling you that none of this stuff is real, and you're choosing to listen to Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, who testified in court. You know what her defense, Sidney Powell was the one who was who was making mm -hmm. these claims. Her her claim in court was no reasonable person could believe the claims that we were making calling all of the Trump supporters who still believe this stuff stupid in plain English. This is in court. Now, again, like I say, there was a recount done in Arizona by the Republican Party. That recount showed that Biden won by even more votes than originally had thought. There was recounts in Georgia. There was there was I mean, there was 60 plus court cases that right. went through these individual claims one by one. Judges both chosen by Trump and by conservatives that okay, said so there is that no is standing here. Yeah, and I agree with everything you just said. Okay, See, but, but, but let's not forget why, about why, let's not forget about the illegal procedures that many of these Democrat states put into effect for the mail-in ballots. They went around their legislative branch and just decided to allow all these mail-in ballots to go in. So that right there should have that's a red flag also. So the 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 easiest way for people to cheat is through mail-in ballots. Everybody knows that. Um, so you're right. As far as all the the uh, evidence and everything else, it shows that Trump lost. But it's just it almost doesn't have the smell test. And people that love Trump, they you know, they're going to continue to to back up his claims, especially whenever he's still controlling the Republican Party. So. Right. Right. Um, yeah, you see, no, and, and it's fine. Like this is this is a free country. People can believe what they want. But as long as they say, look, we, we believe this because we believe Trump and not because there are 2000 mules or Dinesh D'Souza <laughs> or any or any harebrained kind of nonsense, because, again, the evidence I haven't is watched the movie. I, not I still there. need to see that 2000 mules. But I, I do believe that there was election fraud like there is. There's election fraud in every election, in my in my point of view. No, there but is. There is election there fraud is. in every election. There is. And I think that we need to fix the, the problems that there is within our elections. And this mail-in ballots, they create a problem. And they created a huge problem in 2020, especially when, with the whole COVID situation, that there was, you know, people were doing a lot of the mail-in ballots. So... I think that there is something that needs that there is something that we need to fix and that there is right. problems. Well, we're definitely not going to not going to get anywhere on on this no. uh, on this subject. That's a losing conversation for everyone. <laughs> um, well, not for me it's not. Um, <laughs> um I, uh, Johnny, I I wanted to talk to you because like I told you before we went live, I listened to to the podcast that you had with with Myra and I was I was hooked on it because of your insight, because you were married to Monica de la Cruz and you were with her while she ran her first campaign in 2020. Correct. Yes, that's I'm correct. Wrong, about something here, just let me know. No, no, that that's correct. Um, as a matter of fact, um, back whenever we decided to we decided to run for an office. She came to me and she wanted to do something other than her uh, insurance sales. And I said, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's do something. And 
she said, well, I want to run for political office. We had been getting involved with the, the GOP a little bit. And um, she said she wanted to run for something local. And I told her, no, you, you can never run for anything local. Like, you'll get stomped here. It's not, not even worth it. And so I said, you should run for District 15. And the reason why I told her that she can run for District 15 is because she can make the most money doing that. Uh, honestly, uh, she's a salesperson, and uh, I thought that she would be perfect to to try to get the support and the money um, with a bigger title, so to speak, a, 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 right. a better uh, uh, you know political position. Yeah, and so I was definitely I was definitely there at the beginning. I, I was the one who told her to run for District 15, um, and she, you know, she did a, a fantastic job. I mean, I, honestly, um, she's, she worked harder than anybody else. Um, she, how can I say this? Um, she immersed herself into it. Right. And so um, it was, it was a, a, a good battle. Um, but I could tell you that... Um, you know, things change. Uh, unfortunately, we're not together. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for that. Like? Well, I mean, there's just so many things that we can talk about as far as, you know, the, the political side, the personal character. side. You let's know, see, there's just a lot. Character. Let's start there. Well, look, um, you know, character is a, it's a big deal. And uh, whenever I first met her, you know, I, I, there was many things that I loved about her. I mean, her ambition, uh, she was very organized. Uh, I knew that, that big things could be done. Uh, we, you know, we started a business, we, you know, bought properties, we did all kinds of things. I mean, in the, in the time that we were married, we did a lot together. And, um, and that, that, that's a lot to be said about her work ethic. And, um, but, you know, there's a lot there. There are some character flaws. And obviously, uh, I, I found the worst of them. And uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I know all of us have character flaws, but there was just some that were just um, things that I couldn't over overlook any longer. And so, um, you know, I'm the one who filed for divorce. I'm the one who uh, said that either you, you change or, or we're done and that was it. Uh, she didn't want to change her ways. And uh, it just says a lot to a character of a person who doesn't want to work on their marriage. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I don't disagree with you. You, you also mentioned that before her campaign, you know, that, that she, bef the whole conversation about the second amendment that yes. she had never, you know, picked up a gun well let, let's let's go back to that really um politically speaking she she's a hard democrat if you look at her voting record if you literally look at her voting record she's she's voted in every democrat primary and here she is wanting to run for a congressional seat as a republican and, and, and so not just running as a republican but running as a as a a hard right republican hard right yeah. republican yeah yeah absolutely so um, you know, that, that goes to show that, that she was capable of, you know, turning into whatever you needed her to be. She's and moldable. so, um, that does say a lot about, uh, her character also, but, uh, as far as the second amendment, 
when I met her, she never picked up a gun in her life. I mean, and that was the first thing that she wanted to do was she wanted to go take pictures with AR-15, AR whatever, 14, 15s and shotguns and <laughs> pistols. And she wanted to go have a photo shoot with Dan Crenshaw shooting machine guns and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that that goes to show that she she's a natural at pandering at the for the base. Right. She's, she's a natural at it. Um, she's a salesperson. And, you know, she's good at what she does. But that, that also makes for good politics. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. When I met her, I thought she was going to be the, you know, a politician. I, I, I really did. I knew that she was just a, a, an insurance salesperson and, and, and she did very well at that. But I knew that, she, you know, that there was bigger things that she could do. And and so whenever she said she wanted to run for a political office, I said, well, you know what? I'm a good husband. I'll help you out. We'll do whatever it takes. And uh, yeah, I mean. In the end, I asked her to slow down and work on the marriage, but it didn't work. It just she just didn't care anymore. So it was all about, it was all her, about yeah, her campaign overtook really uh, our whole life. So I, I just I just couldn't deal with that anymore. So and and there was there's other bigger factors involved as well, but I, I don't want to get into those. There was a there was a moment where in that 2020 campaign season where y'all y'all came into my old podcast hell's tavern yeah and uh she didn't stick around for too long she does she never does yeah which i tentatively agreed to because i i hate short discussions because because you can never get into into the meat and into yeah. the policy because it's hard to find policy or character whenever you're only there for five or ten minutes exactly and so but we did it anyway and in, in that in that short amount of time that I did have her across from me, I was able to pick up on a lot. And again, you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what what my first impressions were. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're not. But you can you can you can check me if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, I the first thing I noticed is that she really didn't know very much about policy. Uh, she no, didn't. I, really... Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um. In the, in our in the first campaign, she was, I mean, honestly, just clueless on policy. Uh, she knew that she didn't like what the Democrats were doing and saying about our President Trump, and she didn't, you know, she didn't like a lot of the 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 media, uh, the way they um, were talking about our president, going after him, impeaching him, and that's what really fired her up, right? And I, and I, so I, um, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but. Um, was that whole the Trump fandom was was that real or was that also? Oh part yeah, of the, part yeah. Of the I mean, look, I I love Trump. Uh, she loved Trump. Okay. She was on, honestly, you know, we're Trumpsters, right? Um, I I was always going to vote Republican regardless, but whenever uh, we were looking at the candidates for the Republican primary back in uh, 2015, 2016, um, I told her Trump's going to be my guy. Like he's telling it how it is. He's shutting down Ted Cruz. He's the guy. And she caught on to it. And she said, you know what? I'm a Trumpster now too. And she loved him. And then, so the point where she decided to run and she really decided that she wanted to get involved in politics is whenever Trump came down to McAllen and there was hundreds of people there with holding Trump flags, waving American flags. And in the in the news that night, 
it had a little group of Democrats protesting, and that's what the story was about. Not about all the patriots that were there, right? So that was the day that she absolutely said, I have to get involved. I want to get involved. And I said, let's go for it. Let's, you know, let's get involved. And so to answer your question is yes. Trump was always our guy. We, we, we've, we've always uh, loved his policies. Well, you know, I tell people this, though, um, disclaimer, I would never let him be my moral guide, okay? But if you want good policies and you want somebody that's going to fight for the, you know, for what's right for America, then he, he's the guy. And I don't think that there's, you know, Ron DeSantis has come close to, to being something like that. You know, he's really taken over Florida and everything else. But, uh, yeah, Trump was our guy. He he was uh, really how we got started. And she's one of them. She's one of those candidates that is just going to parrot whatever Trump says. So, you know, you spoke about that earlier, about how, uh, you know, about how there's uh, these candidates that, they're going to say all the right things, but are they, you know, really about it? And I think that's really one of your questions. Like the, the meat behind this question is that, you know, is she really about everything that she's claiming to be and, and, right. and campaigning about? And um, and honestly, she's she built that persona. And so um, even now, you know, she's about family, even though she destroyed a marriage, she's destroyed our marriage. Uh, you know, she's going to post on Facebook that she's having just a fantastic time with her kids, you know, right. and, and, you know, that's her prerogative. She can do all that. Um, but in reality, is anybody going to check her that she destroyed a marriage and she, you know, she did other emotional harm as well. So, um, you know, those are things that, that go directly to the question of her character. And is she about really faith, family and freedom? Well, you know what? You can see, you know, actions speak louder than words. I hope that the Republican Party actually starts opening their eyes to her actions. You know, even though she's putting up a good front and she's getting all the support from the establishment and, and, and getting funding and everything else. Because, you know, uh, people follow money, right? They As soon as she, trust me, people did not follow her in, 20, in, in 2020. As a matter of fact, our, our own GOP chair, Adrian, she's she's a good person in general, but she did not she did not want Monica to even run for Congress. She was supporting another candidate. And um and there were and nobody in the GOP supported her. What's the so, what's the reason for that? I'm curious. Well, she was an outsider. You know, she 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 didn't um she didn't have any qualifications. She didn't um you know, she she just was a nobody, really. And um, she just came in and said, I want to run for this big position. Right. And so, you know, there was a lot of just people saying, is she really qualified? And um, and go back to one of your older questions about, you know, the candidates being qualified. She really isn't qualified. So she's qualified to earn money, to you know, she's a raw, raw person and she, she right. does the things that she does do. She does very well. But, um, you know, the, the, the two Democrats that were running, that were in the runoff this time around, uh, really, there's only one Democrat really that was really qualified. And that was Ruben. And unfortunately, I think he's going to lose the, uh, the runoff on the Democrat side to but, uh, Michelle, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, right. to Michelle. Now, I, I'm going to tell you one thing about Michelle. I, I, I'm not a Democrat, okay? I, I do coin myself a new term, though, okay? I'm a progressive conservative. So it's sort of an oxymoron, but I am mean? a progressive conservative. So when I met Michelle, we talked about this. We talked about um, her platform just stinks. It's, it's just terrible, right? And, um, you know, we, we, we just briefly talked. And, um, you know, there's ways of her making that platform sound better. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I consider myself uh, a Republican, first and foremost, but there is... Um, you know, there are ways of getting things done where hard right Republicans and hard left Democrats are missing the boat. And so um, in the spectrum of politics, you kind of have the middle and then you got right and left. Well, the right and the left get so far, it actually goes in a curve and the, and the left and the extreme right and the extreme left are actually closer to each other than the middle. And so being a progressive conservative, what that means to me is that you actually look to conserve your 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 moral um, uh, positions and you want to be that conservative to actually figure out how to keep policies in place and to make the left and the right, but not only the left, the center, the real American people out there happy or let's say um in a better position with policies. And so, of course, I'm always gonna lean right. I'm always going to be that uh, a Republican. But there was somebody, I, I, I heard this somewhere. I was listening to a Ben Shapiro um, interview one time. And the guy that was interviewing Ben Shapiro, he was asking Ben, hey, you know what? Why do the Republicans, why don't they have any ideas? progressives always have all the ideas. And I thought about that, you know, that question to Ben. I said, you know what, that's a really good question. We as Republicans need to stand up and start making ideas and, and showing how we can keep our conservative ways. It, it, it's almost an oxymoron to say that we're gonna be conservatives and think outside the box, but that's how we have to be now. So- You're talking about, I didn't mean to cut you off, you're, you're talking about that interview that Ben had with the, uh... With with the British with the British yes. uh, interview yes. where Ben Shapiro stormed out of yeah, there. Yeah, that was an awesome one. I mean, look, the guy was totally going after Ben, and uh, and Ben was at the end. He was just wasn't having it, right? But yeah. um, those kind of questions, though, they really have to be asked to uh, to Republicans, and Republicans should have new ideas, and we should start thinking about how are we going to how are we going to keep our conservative values in this time of change. The only thing that's constant is change. So we have to learn how to change to keep our conservative values. That's what a progressive conservative is. So it's not only talking about talking points, faith, family, freedom. No. Okay, we all got that. That's, that's elementary in my school. We have to also start talking about, well, what are those conservative values and how do we keep them in this ever-changing world that we have, and especially with the Congress that doesn't do anything. So those are the things that I think about. And, 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 and honestly, going back to Monica, um, those are the things that I would preach to her. You know, in the first campaign, I would 
I would honestly, you know, give her ideas and, and things to talk about. And, you know, and now she's just a, a parrot, really, for the establishment. I, I know every Friday she gets training from the guys in, in, um, in Washington, D.C. They literally tell her what to say. There's a there's a term for that that I use with people often. It's called Fox News Brain, is that I can tell exactly what your positions are going to be on every mm-hmm. issue based on what's being discussed on Fox News. And to me, that's not somebody who's who has any no. respect for, for their own thinking. Um, yeah. But, I mean, interesting, I, I don't mean, again, to, to get into another debate, but um, I voted for Trump in, in 2016, too, and I voted Republican my entire life, man. But the first time I voted was right out of high school, and I voted for Bush against versus Kerry the second time in 2004 that's the first time I could I could vote and since then I had voted for McCain I voted for Romney and then in 2016 I voted for Trump our 2020 was the first time that I didn't vote period um and so I I have been a Republican my my entire life right and somebody they asked somebody a very important question I, I'm trying to remember who who the conversation dealt was involving but they asked him so you don't seem like you're a part of the republican party these days right and they asked him are you still conservative and the response was something that really resonated with me because he said i'm conservative i'm not a conservative the distinction being that there come that there's a set of guidelines to being a conservative and the point the the distinction that he was trying to make was what are what are the solutions that conservatives have for modern problems right Right. everything is going to involve a tax cut for the rich and everything (laughs) is going to involve the same old playbook you know reaganomics then what is what is our uh, solution for inflation what is our solution oh, yeah. for for the for the debt? What is our solution right. for for every single problem that's coming on? And with Donald Trump, yep. is the first thing I, I I really resonated with his message on economics when when he was running. He he really didn't run as a as a Republican. He was talking very progressive. Uh, he yeah. was talking about expanding Medicare. He was expanding yeah. talking about expanding Medicaid. He was. Uh, I, there's even a quote about him after a mass shooting that we should that I, he think even went as far as saying we should ban ARs. Yeah, and uh, and he was for red flags. So I mean, so yeah. this guy, what he has a very good, I guess, first instinct to issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then he puts the same swamp around him that ends up convincing him to do what Republicans have been doing for the last 30, 40 years since Reagan. The first thing he did, a lot of people don't know this, but but Trump's only legislative victory was tax cuts for the rich. And a lot of people don't know that in that same piece of legislation, there was incentives for outsourcing um, manufacturing. Now, a lot of people don't know that. And you ask yourself, why? Why was that? Why was that in that piece of legislation? Given that he ran on bringing back manufacturing, you know there was there was a lot of things, and so and that was one thing that to me was a red flag. 
And then he, these payday, these payday lenders. I don't know if you heard about this one. Oh, but, yeah. they, but they funded a lot of his campaign. Yep. And then y'all, y'all know what he did with with the with the payday lenders, right? Yeah. So th- there was a lot of regulations that were stopping these the payday lenders from preying on people, and he completely t- took those took those out, not looking out for the people at all. And so there was just a lot of things that Trump did that were let me know that this guy wasn't didn't really care about what about his message and that he was a very very he didn't have a compass politically he didn't have a moral compass you you even you even agreed with that one and he was going to do what was best for he was going to do what was best for for trump um and so you call yourself a progressive conservative. That's interesting because yeah. I've never heard because I've never heard that term. Yeah, I'm I'm coining that right now on your show. Okay. All right. Uh, you gonna trademark it? I'm gonna have to trademark it because I'm gonna be the <laughs> the first and foremost one. Because I've got a lot of ideas too. You know, a lot of people have asked me. You think about ever running, but I, I I'm you know I've got I got too much going on. But um, but yeah, there's a lot of ideas that I've thrown out there. Um, and I've talked to, you know, some of, some of my political friends about some of the ideas and, um, yeah, I don't mind sharing some of my ideas even with, uh, with certain candidates. So, um, what's, what's, what's also interesting, Myra, you, you haven't talked in a minute, but I'll, I'll let you go next, but after, after, sorry about that, Myra. <laughs> after, after I, I say something very important, yeah. uh, before Myra, Flotis ran for for Congress. She she had sent me a message asking me if I had any any political advice for her, and the only advice that I really had for her was to refrain from being a standard Republican. I I pointed her to what happened in Florida. Florida overwhelmingly voted for Donald Trump, but they also overwhelmingly voted to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. There is a huge crossover now between the economic left and the conservative right, which may be what you may be talking about when you when you call yourself a progressive conservative. Yeah, Conser- conservative on social issues, a little f- more to the economic left on 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 economic issues. Well, here's supporting the public supporting public unions was was another one that that I that I told her would be good to separate herself from from the from the field um things that aren't necessarily even anti-conservative because if i mean how how is it not conservative for workers to unite on their own and negotiate with with their employers no i i agree with that i i um there's certain instances that yeah unions are helpful in certain you know, in certain uh, industries and certain things like uh, fledgling type industries are always the, the, the unions are uh, good to start out, you know, to to base uh, employment rates on, you know, on the market. So I, I think that I think that you've you've actually um, you, you've got great insight into where I'm going with this progressive conservative. So the what I the way I look at this is the $15 minimum wage. It can be done. It, it, I know Republicans don't want to hear that, but yeah. it can be done. There's ways of doing it. You have to get creative, and it still can help small businesses, but you have to structure it to where it can. 
And right. I've got ideas and ways of doing that. And and I've I've said this to Myra here. Um, we've talked about this before. There's ways of getting things done. When it comes to business and economics, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. So what that means is is that I have to get creative with my money. I have to figure out how how can I pay all these bills and make more money with the money that I have. So you have to be thinking outside the box. You have to be progressive in that sense. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to think like that. You got to just think outside the box. So why not try to make the left and the right come together for the greater good of society? Look, I was talking tonight with a, a good friend of mine. We were having dinner and he was saying, man, when I, when I started, um, I, I was getting paid 425, 475, um, minimum wage, but gas was 78 cents, a, a dollar. It was a less than a dollar. So if you look at it like that, what do we have now? The ratios are all out of whack. You could buy, you can buy enough gas to get around with, um, if the if the gas is less than a dollar, if you're making four seventy five an hour at minimum wage, you're still a kid making enough money to pay for your gas. But now you're making seven dollars an hour, and you're paying five dollars a gallon. That just does not make sense anymore. And so, um, to fight inflation, you have to be able to make things affordable. And so, those are those are things. Those are problems that we can overcome if you want to be progressive enough. Well, I think, well, you know what? I, I got something to say about that, but I want, I want to let Myra uh, take it. It's all right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a, well, you know what? Joe, Joe Guerrero has a, uh, has um, another question here. She says, Michelle has a wonderful personality. She's talking about the Democratic oh, candidate. Yeah. She's a, She's approachable, but very unrealistic in what she says she wants and what she wants to accomplish. What is your stance on that? Well, like, <laughs> me, I honestly think that we are um, at some point beyond party lines. We need to look for the candidate or elect the person that's going to do more for community, for for our country. Uh, but when it comes to Michelle Vallejo, I had the pleasure of meeting her. Um, I attended a forum that uh, one of the organizations that I'm a part of put together, and I actually suggested her as one of the speakers. Um, because I believe that even though we don't agree, everybody deserves to be heard. Um, freedom of speech. So um, I did go up to her and I, and I greeted her and I complimented her. She is very approachable. She's very charismatic but I would never vote for her. She has socialist um, views. Her, she's too far to the to the left. To everybody's a socialist to you, Myra. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't love Trump, you're a socialist. No, <laughs> no, not I'm I'm on the DeSantis train right now. But uh, huh? You, you you that's a uh, dollar so, store Trump. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm DeSantis. I'm DeSantis 2024. But um, no, I, I think that she does have a wonderful personality and she's she very impressive, very young. But sometimes right. in the political world, that's really all it takes. Hmm? You said something, Johnny, that was that was that caught my attention that Monica would never get in the same room as 
as Michelle. No, she won't. Uh, you know, the, the, the tables have turned with her now. She used to be the hunter. Now she's the hunted. And so there's no reason for her to step in a room with Michelle, especially when Michelle's going to outshine her. I, um, as, as far as personality-wise, okay, uh, Michelle is super likable. I mean, wh why do you think she won over all the all the the establishment Democrats in Hidalgo County? They all love her now. Well, she's she's kind of leaning she's over the to bell the ball now, okay? I mean, you look at the what? rooms where she's having events, and you see people from establishment around her. So I wouldn't go that far. What are her but, positions? Because I'm not I'm not really familiar with with her campaign. Well, Charlie, you know her yeah, no, she's she's typical. Um, I, I want to ask Myra this because Myra called her a socialist, so Myra has to. Have <laughs> well, the socialist is because she wants Medicare for all. She, um, you know, she wants the fifteen dollar minimum wage. Um, That's not socialism. You know, yeah, I, I mean, it leans socialist. It does in 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 the Republican eyes. I think most people are, when they start talking like that, like free this, free free health care, free college free everything it you know it's just not doable when you say free it somebody's paying okay whenever people start saying free this free that you're automatically going to turn most conservatives off and say the conservative will tell you right off the bat nothing's free so unless you're talking you about that in the platform unless you're talking about wars and conservatives love those fucking things. No, no. Uh, those, about, those aren't free no. either. We're paying for those. Seven, unless you're talking about, about the seven trillion that we spent in Afghanistan and Iraq that every conservative voted for there's, without a peep. There's, then... there's, there's a difference now between Republican and conservatives. I'm a conservative and I'm not for spending in wars that we're not ever going to win. We just sent a whole bunch of money to Ukraine who, because they hold all these secrets for all these elites, were sending them money. And that had a lot to do with the Democrats, not only the Republicans. You no, know, I'm against funding wars. I mean, there we've lost so many people. We lost so many soldiers, and it's just making them money. They're in it for the money. It's yep. a money maker for them. You see, but, okay, but so, do you stand like that? That's not really a Republican position because most people don't don't agree with that. I'm, right? I'm a conservative. I'm, I, but, I have. But when we're talking about elected officials, people in positions of power, this is the one bipartisan issue that both Democrats and Republicans have been able to agree on for the last 20, 30 years is that there is no limit to how much we spend on foreign uh on foreign endeavors in Iraq yeah, and Libya I, and Afghanistan. I mean, we've spent trillions I, and trillions of dollars. And the arguments about socialism that nothing is free, I find it just funny and hypocritical how these arguments only come up when it comes to helping each other and to helping and to helping Americans. What happened to America first? And, yeah. and these, well, these you, arguments never come up when it talks about fucking trillions of dollars that go into Afghanistan well, that go into. I, I think Iraq I got an answer for. I think I got an answer for you on that. Uh, okay. And this is just my opinion, right? Look, the Republicans and Democrats they agree on wars because they have two different viewpoints. On the Republican side, they're talking about stimulating the economy with the war machine. They're going to start building more missiles, more tanks, blah, blah, blah. On the other side of the aisle, the Democrats like it because they feel altruistic. Like, oh, we're going to help out Ukrainians, send all this money over there. 
and let's help them fight that war. So there's two different viewpoints. They still are getting to the same goal, but they're getting there at, at, for different reasons. And so um, I'm with I'm with Myra on this. I, I am a conservative. I don't believe in funding wars. Let me I'm just going to tell a quick story. I, I work in the maritime industry. Um, one of the guys that I worked with, I worked on a ship that had Ukrainians, Russians and Bulgarians. OK, the Bulgarian was actually the one in charge. Then it was the Russian and then the Ukrainian. So the Bulgarian and I were standing outside one day. He goes, can you believe this war that's going on? You know, and the Russian and the Ukrainian, they liked each other. They were like best friends. But the Bulgarian was telling me, hey, listen, this is all a show. When I go over there, all they're doing is selling old missiles to countries. So they're selling all the old stuff off. Basically, they're starting this war to sell the old missiles. You can, I mean, you can read about it. Every day in the paper, they were selling missiles to some country. And then what the United States is doing is they're funding their own war machine by buying new missiles and new technology. So right. it, it's, it's a cycle. And really, these wars are to just turn over the old war machine that we, that we had that we can sell to other countries. And so, you know, we left all that stuff in Afghanistan. There's... That's another, you know, they didn't, I guess they didn't have anybody that wanted to buy all that old crap. So they just left it there. But all, right. there's a lot of missiles going around the world right now. And you can read about it every day. And just as a point of clarification, I'm, I'm with my around this too. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm against war. Yeah, I'm just, definitely. I'm just, I'm just, I've been involved long enough to know that this is a fairly new position that's, that's, that's been popping up and it's with the benefit of hindsight that the last two wars that we've been in have been complete fucking disasters. Uh, right. This people with this position could have been useful 20 years ago. Uh, people with this position could have been useful. having been involved before we went into Iraq and before we went into Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. But I'm, like I said, I've been involved long enough to, to, to know and to remember Bill O'Reilly coming on at eight o'clock, calling anybody who was against the Iraq war, a treasonous and a traitor and a, and a terror and a terrorist sympathizer. Um, like again, we have the benefit of hindsight now, and it's easy to be against wars, uh, knowing the the disasters that that they've that they've wrought on our economy and uh, to our stance around the, the world. Our um, soldiers. But uh, I guess hopefully we live and we learn, man. Um, but it doesn't seem like the people in power have learned a goddamn thing from from. Uh, from our wars now we're saber rattling nuclear war with russia by supporting ukraine and man this is a completely new discussion but um interesting interesting nonetheless man um myra we, we're we're at about an hour and 10 now um is there is there anything of interest that that you would like to that you would like to chime in you've been awfully quiet <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I listen I like to listen and see perspectives and I'll come back with a question or you know now or later but um, I think we've discussed a lot um, the local elections what's going to happen what I think uh, as far as in November I, I do believe that the Democrats are going to they're going to be close to taking their seat back the one that we just, uh, the Republicans took. I can't even say we, because I, I, it's so hard for me to call myself a Republican. 
And uh, as far as the Monica race, I think that Monica is going to win. If, if, if it's Michelle that's going to, you know, run against her, it, Monica's going to take it because Michelle is too far to the left. And she, this is the second time Monica goes around and she has, she has her base of supporters. Do you so. agree with that, Johnny? Yeah, look, uh, I think the assessment's pretty good that, that Myra's got there. I, I believe that the Democrats are going to come back with a vengeance in District 34, especially since it's been redistricted uh, for a, a Democrat to win. They got a legit uh, contender in Vicente Gonzalez. He's been around the block enough times to know how to keep his seat. Um, in District 15, I think that Monica is the, the favorite. I think that she probably will win. It, it, it's hers to lose. Um, I think that Michelle is a lot better candidate than Myra gives her credit for. I think that um, if you look at the numbers, strictly the numbers, she still has the numbers to win. And so um, it's going to be a really interesting race. And the Democrats have to come out. They got to come out and support just like the Republicans did. Um, if, to, if they're going to if they want to make it a race, you know, if they don't want to make it a race and, you know, they can stay away like they did in the special election. Uh, the one district that we didn't talk about was District 28 with Cassie and, and Cuellar. Um, mm. I, I really believe that Cuellar is the best Democrat that we've ever seen. And so um, it's really going to be um, sad to see him go. But I think Cassie has a chance, um, especially if the Republicans continue to fund the three candidates that are in the RGB. Cassie has a chance, but we saw the numbers of the Democrats coming out to vote, and they were, they outvoted the the Republicans in the primary. Who um, would, I mean, who would who would she be running against? Sandra Witten? No, she already she she already won against Sandra Witten. The runoff was between Cassie and Sandra, and she beat Sandra, so now it's uh, Cassie against Henry Cuellar. Oh, okay. I'm I, yeah, yeah. I was confused. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, the they they're gonna have the funding. I mean, they're because of Myra's, you know, win. So Abbott, uh, Cassie, Monica, they're gonna get a lot of funding now because of that. Yeah. I I just want to oh, yeah, say one more thing are... about Myra. I I do want to okay. say one more thing about Myra. I am so happy that she's the first Hispanic Republican woman from Texas, and not Monica. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm 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 happy she is too. Like I said, she's a she's a yeah. dear friend of mine, and he's a very very good person. Despite she really our, deserves it, she worked she, hard. And she worked hard for despite our sharp disagreements on things. Uh, last thing I want to I want to get y'all's opinion on because I know it's it's getting late, and um, well for me the night is young, but you know, um, these policies that that Michelle represents when polled when when poll after poll comes out on things like medicare for all the, i mean the numbers on these things are sometimes up to 70 percent uh of majority support for the policies that bernie sanders that bernie sanders uh uh supports um why would that be a turnoff do you think if articulated well, if articulated well, Michelle comes out, listen, these are the policies that I want to 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 support and to give to you all. Medicare for all uh, or the expansion of, of Medicare to include dental, vision, 
negotiation of, of pharmaceutical prices, all of these things. And Monica comes out and says, listen, I'm, you know, her message, tax cuts for the rich, you know, strong board, you know, whatever it is. Why, why is it, why can't Michelle win that? Well, well Myra, what do you think? Well, to me, it doesn't, everything, everything for all comes with a price. We are it gonna it's gonna trickle down. Yes, you know the wealthy, the people with the businesses. They they, you think they're able to pay it and things like that, but the cost is gonna trickle down. What happened with Obamacare and the the insurance world? I'm in the insurance world. It made insurance so expensive. Um, I used to pay insurance on my son by himself. I was no longer able to buy insurance on himself. I had to get on chips. I had to go onto that for him when I used to be able to go into the marketplace and purchase a better plan for him. So everything that says for all or free, it is not free. It comes with a price. And we are the ones that are going to suffer with it because the prices are going to be, you know, they're going to be high. It's not going to have the same coverage. You're not going to be able to choose the doctors like they said. Everything is not, it's, you're not going to get the same free marketplace that you used to have. So it's, it's, it comes with a price and it's, it's not, it's not good for the consumer. But, but we also can't pretend like everybody loves their private insurance companies. Like the American people have this love affair with, <laughs> with, with insurance companies because the, the argument, the argument for, that somebody like Bernie Sanders would make is, Yes, your taxes are going to go up because, like you said, nothing is free. But you're already paying twelve thousand dollars on average a year for your insurance for your insurance uh, for insurance coverage, not including copay, not including et cetera. So what they're saying is, if your taxes go up five thousand a year, but you're saving from paying twelve thousand a year to your private insurance company, at the end of the day, you're still saving money. Okay, I I agree with you. Um... So you're sounding a lot like a progressive conservative. That's why I like you so much, okay? Um, so the I'm idea still, here, I'm, I'm for America first, man. Okay, and I am too, 100%. Okay, so you're, you, you know, you're coming to a, a point where you're trying to marry different ideas together and to make it make sense. So right. to, to answer your question about Michelle, her, those policies can be winning policies. It's the way she's going to talk about them and Absolutely. present them, just like how you're talking. It's an education of the American people as far as how it could be done, right? That's what Monica's lacking, the how. Right. If she's able to, to articulate how, then it's a winning formula of a platform, but there's got to be ways to make it sound uh, how the conservatives will go for it. You got to remember one thing. Yeah, sure. Everybody wants Medicare for all, right? But they're not going to, conservatives are not going to vote for that vote for if it. it means you're not building the wall or you're not right. doing something else that's more important for conservatives. So you got to tie, you got to tie it together. So what I mean by that is you're right with inflation, right? How do we deal with inflation? You tie that message that is exactly what Bernie Sanders says. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to be bundled in with Bernie Sanders, but it is true. If you're paying $12,000 a year in health insurance, 
but you can get it for 5000 of taxes, then why not? So there's going to be some rebuttals to that, and I, and I have answers to that too as right. well. But, you know, you can go on. This can snowball into a, a larger um, conversation as far as how everything could get done, right? That's a big how. Right, and an interesting and so point, an interesting point it, that you say. It can be done, though. Because there was a lot of crossover between Bernie supporters and Trump supporters. Absolutely. That's what I'm telling you is that that curve is like this. And the hard right and the hard left are closer together than they are to the center. But we need to get the center involved. We need to have these ideas on both sides in case everybody to have a good uh, America first society. Johnny for 2024. <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, according to you, Myra, there's we, there's two communists on this show that are t- that are talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> We're both socialists. All, all of a sudden, we turn socialists here. <laughs> there was one question that I that I wanted to ask you earlier, Johnny. That that I just thought about now, and I know when we're we're dragging on now. Um, I was I was kind of shocked that the the 2020 election was as close as it was between Gonzalez and 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 Monica. Right. The uh, what I chalked it down to was the Trump effect. Was that Trump had energized everybody to come out and she benefited greatly from from that. She's not going to have that now. Well, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you, but let me let's back up to the 2020 election and analyze that just real quick. Yes, the Trump effect, okay? But if you look at the numbers of District 28 and 34, the, the two districts side by side, the the number of uh, the percentage points that she went up compared to the percentage points of those other candidates far outpaced the other candidates. So mm-hmm. yes, the Trump effect, but yes, it was the Monica effect. So you got to give credit where credit's due. She did well in that campaign. Um, you know, she had me helping. She had um, a few other people helping. She did not get help from the from from the National Party. She did not get help really from the GOP down here. Very little. And so it was all hard work. And she did a very, very good job. I, I will never say that she didn't do a good job. Um, you know, she pandered. She did what she needed to do. Right. Um, all That's the political lot, things that you need to do, yeah. you know, to, to, to win votes. But it, it was if you go look at the, the other candidates in the in the uh, neighboring districts, she far outpaced them by a lot. Well, and I, I want to add something to that. She doesn't have the Trump effect, but she has a Biden effect. The way Biden is doing is his administration yes. is getting a lot of people to come out and vote for these Republican candidates. That's a that's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good point. Um, I wanted to ask you something, Myra. I, I, can't, I can't let you go empty handed. Um, if I decided to run in 2024 and I branded myself as an American patriot, I carried the flag everywhere I went, strong borders, um, faith and family, and like I said, strong freedom and strong borders, but I supported Medicare for all. I supported uh, raising the minimum wage. I supported public union. I mean, private unions. Um, I supported things that, that in my opinion, and I, I believe the data would support me on this, uh, help 
help uh, the the lower class of the middle class people. Um, would you vote for me? I would need to see more of your platform, especially on the on the pro life. Well, very charming, very well spoken. Pro life. I mean, okay, pro life. You're pro life. I'm very pro life. But you don't believe life begins at fertilization, right? Life begins when there's a baby forming, when there's when there's life at its. So, uh, so what? So, at what stage is that? Because that's important. When it starts forming, when when it starts, when when the when the sperm meets the egg, and the and the baby starts to create. So, about how long after after sex? I don't know. I don't know that. I, I honestly say I don't know. It begins when. Well, well, the, reason the, why, well, the, well, the reason why I'm asking you is because there's political there's political ramifications uh -huh. to that question, right? I, I ask I ask this question, Johnny, because when I asked Monica that question, that when she was she's pro life and she says she begins she believed life begins at conception, I asked her, well, what does that mean? And she told me the same thing that Myra just said, or that that's a very popular thing to say among right. among the around the evangelical right. Oh but, yeah, for sure. But so then I ask her, so then that has to mean that you're that you're would want to do away with the, the day after pill, right? And then she started stuttering, like, ah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, because you got to know what your position means and you got to have the guts to say it. On principle, if you believe life begins a conception, then you would do away with most, uh, with most uh, contraception. When there's a heartbeat, when there's a life, there's a heartbeat. But that's different than what you just said right now. Well, there's a heartbeat. When, the, when there's a... When you when a man has sex with a woman and the baby starts to form, and there starts to create a heartbeat, then there starts to be you know the the, the beginning of life. You know it it starts because there there is a heartbeat, there is life there. That's what detects life. If there's detection of life, then that is a life. Right, but science says that's at about five or six weeks. I I for one believe that I, I don't believe in abortion at at any stage there's a lot of clarifying that has to be that has to be done on that mm -hmm. on, on that position though because i mean it, it is a virtue signal on the right to say that you're that you're pro-life and not have to explain what that means right mm -hmm. it's, it's like like it's like i told you there's there's a very unpopular it's unpopular on the left to be for for full-term abortion right but it's just as unpopular on the right to be to to think that that life begins at conception and that you're and that the policies that follow, like I said, the banning of most contraception, mm -hmm. uh, that shit's not popular either. The, when 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 polled, the American people agree with Roe versus Wade as it stands now. Dumb. Yeah, but I, 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 I think that I think that we're splitting hairs here, Raleigh. I think it's splitting hairs. I think that um, you know, again, whenever somebody says they're pro-life, um, you know, it is what it means to them as far as they know how far or when that life begins. You know, and um, the correct answer to that to that is at conception um, for the evangelicals and for mm -hmm. the hard right. That is the right answer. Mm -hmm. So um, conception is going to be the right answer to this question. And um, look, 
uh, if, if that means banning the day after pill and, and those kind of things, then, um, you know, you don't really at that point, you really don't even know if you're pregnant. So it, it's also uh, the knowledge, right? If you know that you're pregnant, then you go in for an abortion, then, you know, you're stopping a life the day after pill. Those are all splitting hairs. You see, you see where I'm coming at? So, it's not, it's not really a, a popular thing to say either, you know? Right. But it's, it's not splitting hairs because listen, beliefs have consequences, right? Um, what, what people believe I mean, it has to mean something because right now in, in Louisiana, if you believe abortion is murder, then why why isn't it okay to jail women who who have abortions? Why isn't it morally right to jail doctors who perform abortions? Like, there's consequences to these beliefs. In, in Louisiana, they just they just proposed a bill to jail women who have abortions, but that is consistent. It's a consistent belief, although a very minor belief in this country is viewed as an extreme belief for a reason. But it is consistent if you believe abortion is murder. But I just wish people would say it. If it's what you believe, then just have the guts to say it. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people that do say it. I mean, I, we hang out with a lot of, you know, um, hard right people and they, you know, people do say that abortion is murder. I mean, look, yeah. um, and it, it's a hard rhetoric. It's hard rhetoric. But, um, you know, that's what evangelicals are, are saying that's what uh people on the hard right are saying and so uh look let's be honest texas has has, has made a law itself where it's six weeks and you can't do it anymore right mm -hmm. so look that's basically banning abortion so nobody is complaining about that i mean yeah for a minute split second so obviously it's not that big of an issue for the hard left they haven't made a big deal about it here in Texas. Nobody seems to, and it, it, it hasn't been a real, um, you know, nobody's rioting. No, you know, nobody, no Antifa's in the streets about it. So, but as, as far as I know, it is being challenged in court, though. Oh yeah, there's a Roe versus Wade. The, the decision should be tomorrow, I believe. No, but I'm, I'm saying th this. So, so if if, Roe, if the Roe versus Wade decision is overturned, then that would do away with with all of the. It would do away with all of it. On, on, on everything, right? But uh. Yeah, I mean, the position I, I landed on was was that right. As, as soon as there's a heartbeat, I think, I think, uh, sure, it's a, a good legal standard. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, to me, that's the indicator for sure. Yeah. But um, but guys, we wouldn't have to talk you to see if, if 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 you have my vote and if I can block walk for you or whatever. But I need to see your platform. I think I got you. The, Charm alone is not gonna work, sir. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very wise woman, Mara. Uh, guys, it's been fun. We ought to do this again. Sure thing. Um, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from you guys. Um, it was lively at times. And um, Johnny, thanks. Thank you for your insight. On um, anytime, Raleigh. You wanna you you know you wanna pick my brain. Um, I. Really, I, I haven't really stepped away all that much from political um, things. I haven't gone to a lot of GOP and and um, Republican things only because I, I don't feel welcome there anymore. Um, but I'm still uh, somewhat active. Uh, I am going to go to certain uh, political events where I do feel welcome. So, right. uh, but uh, as far as the inside from the twenty from 2016 on, 
um, yeah, I've been involved heavily in the in District 15 and in the RGV. So uh, anytime you want to talk about that, I'm I'm down for that. And even you know, progressive conservatism, you're already there. You're halfway there. <laughs> and Myra, we uh, we're we're having a a new show that we're doing every every Sunday night, right? Yes. Yeah, every Sunday night. The, it'll the, be uh, on Rumble, it'll be on YouTube, it'll be on Patreon TV, Getter, Facebook. So it'll be in different platforms. And so as you guys can already tell, her and I will agree on some things and disagree on on a lot of others. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be respectful. And um, I'm sure she's going to learn a lot and I'm going to learn a lot. And just and know that it's on the right side. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um but uh all right guys thanks for coming right. on i do have to call you out on something oh yeah go ahead you didn't you didn't bring drinks i didn't bring drinks tonight because i drank earlier oh, okay and i was i'm not gonna lie i was slowing down <laughs> i was slowing down man the, at the very beginning i was i was i felt like i was kind of i was kind of sluggish but then I, I found my i found my groove and i think we did all right all right i think i think we did all right but we'll do drinks next time for sure Okay. You're you're a drinking man, Johnny. Just a little bit. I, a little, a little too much sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> My kind of guy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, then uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. We'll see you guys. All right.